0: Welcome to Film Betty's with Tuesday, and this episode's co host is Clara. Um, Clara, we met, you were an actor on like a little short I did. That's how we met. Yes. Yeah. And, and it was now a, you have a short your... film
1: about um, about a new set of yeah. playing cards. It was beautiful.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was fun <laughs> to do. <laughs> it was fun. It was really fun. <laughs> but since then, you got your MFA,
1: right? Yes. I just graduated um, from my MFA program in acting. Uh, um two months in May two months ago almost because we're already almost done with July so two months ago (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah I during the pandemic so (laughs) a very interesting way of graduating but it happened
0: yeah you like walk across the living room and throw your hat up
1: (laughs) I actually yeah I I actually try to go to a park and actually try to you know do some pictures and then throw it by myself it was very very uh i would say sad i I can say sad but you know there's a lot of other sad things happening that are real sad so i was just Mm -hmm. grateful to graduate and grateful to um you know um continue on my journey and my career so that was just a little step that was a little different that's it and you
0: you were already an actor before you got your mfa this was just to really hone those skills right exactly yeah i have a whole career in panama
1: city Central America, because sometimes people think Panama City, Florida. Oh, no. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, funny. what What industry in Florida? <laughs> it's so funny. I have, yeah, my whole career, almost uh, 11 years in Panama. Wow. Yeah. And then, you know, I was in all sorts of projects. I did my own projects. I produced my own projects. And now I you know I just wanted to uh, yeah like you said hone in that skill and um, and and develop that my craft in a different way mm-hmm. and also in a different place because I'm not yeah. I, I, it's not that the training there isn't uh, high level I just thought that uh, being in a different place and being in the place where most where things are just so accessible and available to you mm-hmm. it was a completely different experience so yeah.
0: It's also easier, I think, to network a little bit with classmates. Like, It's easy to network on short films and stuff, but that often has no money and no real credit sometimes. So so I feel like school is a good way to do that. And then you'll become familiar with professors who might have connections. And
1: Yeah, I think yeah. it's, uh, I, you know, I'm a full believer that everything you do is part of your network, anything. Look at this. Here we are, you and me. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I mean, I, this is priceless. You can't buy this you have to experience this
0: mm-hmm. and pin I'll, on that. Although, hopefully someone will give us money.
1: No. Absolutely. <laughs> you no, know, I was thinking about it and I'm like, we, we're all female talking about other female artists mm-hmm. and um, I just recently saw um, a, a video uh, that's on tiff.net, which is Toronto uh, International Film Festival and it was a panel mm-hmm. of black uh, female uh, creatives um, and I thought, Oh my God, I feel like Tuesday and I are kind of gonna do that about these two specific artists. They were doing mm-hmm. it about the creative uh, part of 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 their careers and how they have been challenged because of their race and because being uh, because of being a woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God, this is crazy, and yeah, and I'm glad that that kind of is gonna is gonna tie into what we're gonna talk about today a little bit. But yeah.
0: Yeah, so let's reveal who we are talking about. Yes. We're we're talking about Whitney Houston. And even though I think people don't really think of her as like an actor first, they think of her as a vocalist and and like vocal legend. But she did act and like the bodyguard was pretty groundbreaking because it had an interracial couple, Mm -hmm. which I didn't think about because it's common to see now. Exactly. And And then. Yeah, and it was actually a big thing. Mm-hmm. It, it was
1: interesting to me that in uh many of the of the research that we did we found that that moment the moment when when you know when, at the end of the movie when she walks mm-hmm. down the stairs and she goes and kisses the the her Kevin Costner and Kevin yeah Costner, and then mm-hmm. they do like a round uh shot around her mm-hmm. and um Kevin Costner was actually sharing in the in the documentary um, yeah. uh now right now on one of the uh, Yeah Whitney whitney out this documentary that it's now on one of the channels the streaming channels yeah. um he, he was saying how that was what all the american princesses or mm. or women or mm. actresses had done and now it was an interracial couple and that was huge yeah. for the black community and for um artists of color and artists of <clears throat> not color too because they were like oh this is this is this is okay you know mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah
0: she became, yeah, yeah, it's not something that like crossed my mind because, like, when I was growing up, Save the Last Dance was like the big movie. Oh, my where I was God. like, okay, the bodyguard did it like 20 years prior, That's and so crazy. I never thought of that. Yeah, but Save the Last Dance is one of my favorite movies, mine too. Uh, I love Julia Stiles, I
1: love her, she's her <laughs> own person. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, and then the second person we're going to talk about is Rita Moreno, who mm-hmm. she has an EGOT, which she's one of only 15 people to have. So she is definitely highly talented in her own right. But I don't think yeah. as many people are familiar with her career or or her biography. Yeah. I mean,
1: yeah, I think, that, I think that the people that are maybe not so, like, they don't necessarily know a lot about her career are either people that i mean i feel like most us latinos also don't know all about the struggles that she had to go through to break through Mm -hmm. the industry so it's interesting
0: to talk about those
1: things too (laughs) yeah do you
0: want to talk about whitney first or you want to go with rita's uh career first
1: i don't know do you want to well you have it here as
0: whitney first so we could do yeah Yeah. let's do that
1: okay sure
0: since since the documentary is so fresh in both our minds yeah (laughs) Um, she was born in New Jersey in 1963 to two parents who were already in the entertainment industry, which I thought was interesting. I So interesting. I envision a lot of celebrities from like the 80s as having blue collar parents. And so to know like her mom was a singer and um, her dad was an executive, I was like, oh, okay. So she mm-hmm. was really raised with that in her blood. Yeah. In her, her whole childhood. Yeah. Yeah. they used to
1: travel a lot and they used to stay you know
0: yeah and that she would sing backup vocals for her mom's group yeah kind of like, then okay. she started
1: singing with her mom that's yeah. amazing
0: yeah her mom's name is sissy and she her group is called the sweet inspirations which is a really cute oldies <laughs> group name
1: <laughs> yeah that is true
0: yeah <laughs> yeah sweet inspiration oh um and I thought it was also cool that she sang backup vocals for Shaka Khan. And Shaka Khan's still making music today, like she's another legend, you know. It's crazy her um Whitney's journey. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. unique. <laughs> it definitely is. And I mean she's definitely incredibly talented, so she has yeah. was a well deserved fame when she got it. Absolutely. But, yeah. yeah no, it really I- seemed like her parents were preparing her for that stardom yeah definitely i i you know um
1: there's a lot of i mean some of the things that i have researched on also talk about how like clive davis signed her and then he made her into this huge star but um but since sissy was the one to train her and um mm-hmm. the research that we've done uh, says that you know that sissy uh trained her, it was really hard on her, she made her things, do things over and over again, to Train her voice uh, mm-hmm. until she, until it became that angelical voice that now we, we had the opportunity to experience, so yeah. I think that, yeah, the, and the, there's another part of the documentary that talks about how they weren't training her to be just, you know, just a singer, they were training mm-hmm. her to, uh, to create legacy music, I was like, mm-hmm. wow, that's, that's huge, you know? Yeah, it is huge,
0: yeah. It is and- huge, Mm -hmm. and just to be aware of that like that before she's even out of high school for her parents to be aware like this is what the dream is for her yeah like this is what you gotta do to become this Mm
1: -hmm. it's amazing to me how they were like I'm sure that um Sissy's career helped a lot because I also know that Sissy also tried to uh, have a a solo career it didn't it wasn't exactly as Mm -hmm. she thought and then and then she's, yeah. you know, started singing with her daughter, and that's how it happened,
0: you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like that moment in the doc where they reveal that like Sissy pretends to be sick for a show so that yeah. Whitney sings. Exactly. And like, wow.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Whitney, Whitney revealed that in a David Letterman show, she mm-hmm. was like, "Oh yeah, I was gonna, you know, uh, do r and B. was, sorry, she was gonna uh, sing at an R and B." Uh, a, spot. It's mm-hmm. a spot. It was called the Mackles I think. The Mackles yeah. And then, and then her mom was like, "No, I'm sick. I gotta, you, you gotta do this. You gotta do this." She's like, "What?" It was the first time, <laughs> yeah. and she was. I think she was 17. She was 17, which is when she crazy. did that. She was just yeah. like thrown into the wolves. Like, "Yep, go do
0: the show." Yeah. <laughs> Like, they, I mean, they have confidence in her because they trained her, but still, like, that's got to be nerve-wracking. And I do wonder if it's also, like, that's a lot of pressure also on someone who's so young.
1: That is true. If you think about it, it is because, and of course, being Sissy's daughter, you feel like Mm -hmm. you need to, there's some standards that you got to fill. And uh, yeah, I definitely feel like she, all her life has all been about being pressured to... You know to be to be this figure that people look up to and that's just a lot of pressure you yeah. can't make any mistakes mm-hmm. you can't fail you can't and when you do it, it just breaks your heart it breaks mm-hmm. you it breaks your body your mind your heart
0: mm-hmm. which
1: i think she definitely went through many times oh, in yeah. her life yeah yeah that's,
0: yeah. that's for sure Yeah, I do think um, you bringing up that like a lot of people say it's Clive Davis, Clive Davis, who they owe um, credit to. But then you've learned that she had contract offers during high school that her parents rejected.
1: Denied, rejected. That's crazy. So it's like,
0: "Mm, it's not that he really built her. He just had more levity, I guess, in in the industry to. Yeah. Promote her more than like a smaller yeah. record company could.
1: Or, or I think it was also timing. Because mm-hmm. she wasn't done with school. They wanted her to be done with school. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when it was time, they thought that it was time now to send her out. Then they there, there they were. And yeah. it's also interesting in the documentary, they talk about the, the two companies, Arista and uh, Electra, mm-hmm. They were fighting for her. Um, and how finally they decide to go to with clive, clive davis mm-hmm. and yeah and i think that um that is true is not she was already ready for him you know what i mean it wasn't yeah. like he had to mm, uh re- remake her you know right. he yeah. was, she was finally ready for him and that mm-hmm. was like the next step for whitney and mm-hmm. he was part of that. He was he was the next step for Whitney. So, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was... I thought it was also interesting that um, she had, like, a modeling career first. Mm-hmm. But she, she was like, I don't really want to do this. I know I'm destined to be a singer. But it's something that sort of gets your foot in the door.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Until the singing contract comes through. Yeah, I think she
1: has so many things on her side. Like, mm-hmm. her looks, mm-hmm. her poise... Uh, Mm -hmm. All of the interviews that I've watched talk about her poise, how she was a poised and and also an educated uh, female because Mm -hmm. uh, her parents made sure that that um, that she finished school, that she she also went to a private school. Um, So she had all these opportunities to to educate herself and 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 to to be able to walk around the world uh, with confidence you know what I mean mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I think that that shows in her in her work in her I'm sure that's why you know she then um wanted to be in film you mm-hmm. know and because she had the look she had the look um which I think also some people maybe have always like negative things to say about when you have the look and like why she looked you know, she was like more of the uh, appealing to a white audience. And then mm. that's why maybe she got all these opportunities. But to be honest, I also think it's about the magic energy that she had. Everyone talks about that magic that she had, uh, the, her charisma, you know, mm-hmm. it, you also, it, it's also about the way you handle yourself around people. And I think that, that she was raised well in that way and also mm-hmm. did her own work on educating herself to do that. So I don't
0: know. <laughs> it is really cool to know that her debut album she won a Grammy for in 1985 it was crazy. I mean she had a lot of talent, so it makes sense. but but to get a Grammy on your first album just must feel so good.
1: Absolutely. Oh my God. No, yeah. That again, that all of those things, I'm sure build her confidence to become mm-hmm. easy slowly but surely become who she needed to become, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, her her music career was successful through, like, the 80s, 90s, 2000s, but her movie career started in 1992 with The Bodyguard. It's crazy. That was her film debut. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, in the documentary, they also talk about how,
1: because I want to mention this because I feel that those are the challenges that one sometimes overcomes because oh, some one sometimes goes through. Because you look different, because you... Um, especially look different you know being black being a minority mm-hmm. uh, in the industry and thinking that there's things that are expected of you and that are actually strict or on you than mm-hmm. on anybody else because of how the way you look and I feel like they they mentioned how they had to also overcome that fear of like oh my god if I don't do what is expected of me then I'm not going to be able to be in this, play this part or be in this production. And mm-hmm. it's crazy that she wasn't the only one experiencing that, but also people that worked with her, her makeup artist, her producer, her. I was like, wow. It's like, oh, my God, now we got to behave. Like we're in a yeah. set with a lot of white people. I was like, wow, right. it's crazy to me that that would be something that would even be in their head, in their minds. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, imagine that you're like, oh, my God, now is now is a lot of. I mean, I'm not going to I don't know. The, the the black uh, women on uh, creatives on film on TV um, um, the ha- panel. panel yeah the panel that I that I saw talked about how uh, one of the black uh, female producers had to um, prove <laughs> she found herself many a times having to prove that she was, that she wasn't going to run away with the money. Wow. Can you believe that? This is like the struggles that people went through with create creating their work, their mm-hmm. own work. I'm like, I'm not, I want to do this. This is something I want to do. I'm not going to, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to run away with the money. And it's crazy to me that this was mentioned. This is like in the yeah. fifth 2020. I'm not talking about like.
0: the Yeah, a- I was going to say it's definitely like racism in the industry still exists today. Mm-hmm. Because we see, like, Oscars so white is a thing. You can't just nominate white people and expect, like, that that's cool. It's not cool. (laughs) Um, But I thought it was really interesting that critics thought The Bodyguard wasn't a good movie. And Mm. I'm sure part of that has to do with, like, what they consider to be female stars at the time. I think so, too. Because audiences love the movie, so. Everybody loves the movie. It's an iconic movie. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm it, sure
1: it's it's hard that that someone could say oh, I haven't watched it yet. I don't I don't know. <laughs> that would be that would be
0: interesting if someone hasn't watched it yet because it's so iconic. Well, or I still haven't it. seen the Titanic, so there's definitely someone out yeah, there. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but uh, but but you see how you still know about it. I think yeah, that people, that's true. Even if
1: they watch, haven't watched it, I'm sure mm-hmm. they definitely know about it.
0: <laughs> you yeah. know, mm-hmm. or have heard the song at least. <laughs> yeah, at least, yeah. I do think it helped uh, for. For her first acting career that the role she was pay- playing was very similar to what she was also like she is a music superstar exactly. so being able to play that in her f- first role I feel would be a more comfortable transition than going into a different character I
1: absolutely agree with that yeah, yeah.
0: that's absolutely true yeah <laughs> but the movie did so well it earned 60 million dollars in the opening weekend and became the seventh highest grossing film of 1992 so so there you go folks <laughs> It's actually crazy. the second highest growing, grossing if you consider the worldwide market, but seventh for U.S. Canada. So that's crazy. It was a big deal. The documentary mentions that it was uh, one of like the first American films to screen in South Africa. Yes, and and I was like, what? Which like, changed that, the entire vision of like.
1: I think that she also opened a market there. You see how I feel like she. Allows some breakthroughs in the industry, mm-hmm. yeah. Just by not necessarily having an acting c- career only, but by mm-hmm. having her um, music career and her acting career.
0: Yeah, lovely. yeah. It's really impressive. She is also one of the executive producers on the soundtrack, and the soundtrack is the best-selling soundtrack album of all time. So. Yeah,
1: she produced that with David Foster, which and. Yeah, which also talks about, so highly of her, like mm-hmm. f- like if he would have to like close his eyes and 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 really take it in because she was giving so much mm-hmm. when when even recording the song, and uh, there was a little bit of a dispute between Clive Davis and and, and David Foster because uh, David Foster kept saying that he didn't want uh, the the first um, part of the song to to be. Um, uh, a cappella. Mm-hmm. David was like, "It needs to be a cappella. It needs to be a cappella." And that's the cut that made it into the movie. It's mm-hmm. so
0: funny. And that's. I feel like that's <laughs> also is... the more popular cut that we hear.
1: That is the more popular cut that we hear without the music in in mm-hmm. in the beginning.
0: Yeah, because you, you need that slow build to get to the power. Yeah, yeah. and and that definitely is a build. That
1: song yeah. definitely has a build. Mm-hmm.
0: The the critics disliked the bodyguard so much that it received raspberry awards for I worst movie, worst it. actor, worst actress. I, I am it. surprised that they gave worst actor to Kevin Costner because I feel like he had been well liked by critics for a while, so that surprised me. It's crazy. But I guess no, they this were like all of this- we hate the movie as a whole so we're just throwing raspberries at it.
1: It's surprising. It's just mm-hmm. surprising to me.
0: <laughs> yeah, her, people, her, my God. Um, her second film I haven't seen yet, but I would like to. Um, Waiting to Exhale, Mm-hmm. which has I also Angela Bassett. Seen it yet. Yeah, I think it seems like a good one. I don't think I could find where it was. Maybe it's on Prime to rent, but I'm not sure um, where it is right now. But yeah, starring yeah, alongside,
1: I, definitely the yeah, starring alongside Angela Bassett. Loretta yeah,
0: Devine. Loretta Devine, Leila Roshan.
1: and it's yeah. crazy that it's about four black women.
0: <laughs> yeah, for and 1995.
1: They're... Exactly for mm-hmm. for 1995. That's I mean people would think like oh that was just a little bit ago. Of course I'm like well the progress almost... that the progress that we have yeah. made isn't isn't for us to be like oh that was just so little ago.
0: It's I mean so it's still little... 25 years. <laughs> it's not. I mean. 25
1: years and we're yeah. still like dealing with the same problems i would be like yeah. no i don't know
0: <laughs>
1: yeah i still feel like if i were to watch a film that was for for black women and their and their friendship mm-hmm. on film i would still be like wow
0: mm-hmm.
1: i it's still not like oh i've seen this forever no no we have like we yet.
0: have seen four white friends a lot like lena dunham show and yeah you know the usually there's like, a, a, yes, the traveling the traveling pants. Pants. but there's like a token person of color in that. <laughs> that is true. America yeah. Ferreira. Yeah. She's also that's, Latina. That's usually how it goes. Not like four women of color starring in their own project until really maybe insecure. Insecure. Oh my God. Yeah. Which oh is really God. good. But yeah, it's not a story. It's not stories that we've seen commonly the past 20 or 30 years, so exactly seeing it is still entertaining, it's still new, it's still eye opening, it's great, yeah. (laughs) And that also did well at the box office, it earned 14 million in its opening weekend. So
1: crazy, just like Whitney
0: Houston gets people's butts in seats, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh man, well,
1: I I can't imagine what what well we would have seen of her if she would have still. And she would still be here, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. We're almost there to get to Cinderella because that's an amazing movie. But first, she was in The Preacher's Wife alongside Denzel Washington in 1996. That must have been
1: a great, um, uh, an awesome achievement to be alongside Denzel Washington in her acting career, you know? Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, to have it be your third film and you're co-starring with someone who is who is also a legend exactly yeah and also you know a
1: black man Mm -hmm. that also had his own struggles to to land amazing roles Mm -hmm. finally you know to be to be alongside with him amazing
0: yeah Mm -hmm. that's going on my resume (laughs) exactly (laughs) exactly it's so funny Um, this one was better received by critics, and I wonder if a part of it is that, is because black women are more accepted in, like, re- black relationships, oh, I'm where, curious. yeah, and I, because I feel like audiences, especially in the 90s, were like, eh, like, yeah, there's some interracial relationships, but not many, so I wonder if that's part of it, where critics' unconscious bias is, like, taking a a seat
1: oh my goodness but that, that is
0: such an interesting topic and i feel like it, we it can we
1: can never have a straight answer it would always mm-hmm. be something like that you feel mm-hmm. that is you just have a feeling that is this because this is more accepted
0: mm-hmm. in
1: in the in society or in the people that are actually that have the ability to pay for a movie ticket and go mm-hmm. Because yeah. you know, if, if you talk about us, so we can now that that they have, you know, allowed us to access films in a different way—not just uh, buying a movie ticket. You can mm-hmm. see the acceptance more. You can see how people are engaged mm-hmm. in certain with certain topics and certain ideas. But I'm sure in, in those times, 1996,
0: mm-hmm.
1: when still movie tickets were uh, or going to the movies was a luxury, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a good point. Yeah, going going to the movies is expensive then it and is. now.
1: <laughs> it is, and now even more. You mm-hmm. know, I feel like now even more. Like you cannot go to the movies without spending forty to fifty dollars because one yeah, ticket if you get is fifteen dollars. If mm-hmm. you get snacks or something, like you spend thirty mm-hmm. dollars in two movie tickets and then twenty dollars eating.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I I always devour my snacks in like the first fifteen minutes. It's not worth the cost.
1: <laughs> it's not. It's so not. It's so not. Even even though you can get uh, movie passes and things, but those still are twenty three dollars a month
0: mm-hmm. per
1: person. You can't have like yeah. a guest.
0: That's still a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Um, the preacher's wife did also receive uh, some award nominations and one and wins from the NAACP. But even more, not even more than that, but like it did also get Oscar radar attention too, which Mm. I thought was interesting because like of these three films, I probably would have guessed that it's The Bodyguard because it's, it was such a huge hit. Exactly. But but it was Crickets. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think that, yeah, it's interesting. Not because it's commercial means that it's Oscar, uh, is going to be on the Oscar run or anything, you know? -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I think even the sa- the soundtrack could have definitely been nominated for an Oscar. Like, that's mm-hmm. a that's an amazing soundtrack. Why yeah, not? Yeah, and
0: to be the best-selling soundtrack, like, how is it not nominated? Yeah. It's crazy.
1: Acknowledged. You know, I, I think nomin- being nominated is also about being acknowledged, you mm-hmm. know, a little bit. I don't know. Not a little bit, but a lot. But, yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is, like, we understand that this is audiences are are gonna love it and I mean I don't think that they really care about scores in like a technical type way I think it's Mm -hmm. like did it emotionally affect you yes obviously it did
1: exactly yeah Mm -hmm. yeah or or was the production value uh you know of of a quality that could be nominated and I think you know, judging from watching uh, David Foster's documentary, I think it is. Like, yeah. he, they worked so hard on that and also um, and also, like I said, the build the, the I don't, mm-hmm. I think after that song, many, I think many songs maybe try to also uh, follow that path of building yeah. building a song, but it was that song that was the, the starter, the, the starter for all the new producers that were coming along and, yeah. oh, I'm gonna what do I have to do to know how to produce a great, a great track? Mm -hmm. I will always love you.
0: Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) How can we make a ballad for Mariah Carey that sounds similar and will be just as popular?
1: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I uh, also, David Foster also mentioned that many um, um, tracks that he did after that, uh, for great singers like Celine Dion or other ones, also mm-hmm. kind of like have had sort of that, you know, journey.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You see, it's like a, you know that was like the starting point uh, for for um, music pro- for production in mm-hmm. that way to have mm-hmm. like a, an emotional journey
0: like that. <laughs> yeah, some some big '90s ballads.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then and then Whitney produced. After the preacher's wife, she produced and was the go- fairy godmother in Cinderella with Brandy.
1: You know when you when you send me this, I was like, "Wait, what? Yes. <laughs> I need to see this. I need to see this because I want to be fascinated by this because this is crazy. Like the the fact that this is like another way of telling the Cinderella story. Mm-hmm. I want to see how she what her approach was. I really want to. I'm
0: it's like, really good. I saw it many many times i'm pretty sure i owned it on vhs when i was young because it, it was just like the greatest version of cinderella that i think there ever has been i don't think the new cinderella can compare either um that's good so oh my god now i'm gonna look yeah, for this it's so good i'm gonna look for this until i find it i got it has whoopi goldberg jason alexander Bernadette peters of <laughs> course brandy as cinderella is also a time where like a lot of disney type movies were only white leads also like all the princess i don't think mulan existed yet maybe jasmine did but like most of the princesses were white so to have yeah. a black princess was a big deal wow I, that's, that's great i i'm like i
1: really need to hunt, hunt this down i want mm-hmm. to I you want might to have to get it. a vhs player i don't i don't know where it's gonna be <laughs> or or maybe there's some way that we can there has to be some archives that i can, like you know online yeah I'm sure. that i can pay for or something yeah Definitely. it's probably
0: um i don't know which network it's linked to because it's considered like a made for tv movie mm. um so i don't know what the network is but they probably have it um but since it was made for tv it was nominated for an emmy instead of an oscar but the emmy it was nominated for as art direction so that's cool
1: that is cool <laughs> wow yeah what a career i mean even though it's like not a thousand films a year i think that Mm -hmm. every film had had um their their importance in her career Mm -hmm. and and not just in her
0: career but also in the industry yeah i
1: I feel that she made an impact in in some way with
0: the films she made I also feel like she was such a big star that she probably could have been in a movie every single year, but to do one every few years and still work on your music career at the same time, like it seems like she really selected which project she was interested in.
1: Take my hat off for that, because
0: <laughs> that's a lot of work, right? No, I she mm. definitely
1: I I feel like definitely she was a
0: hard worker, you know,
1: until she, you know, she just lost herself, you know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, it it's really sad. We're not gonna focus too much on the sadness. Yeah, definitely because not. It will take too long, and then we'll be crying.
1: <laughs> That's <laughs> totally true. We're yeah. sensitive women. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It's like my. I feel like the older I get, the more prone to crying I am. Like I maybe I'm getting more empathy as I get older of because I'll be like, "You're crying, I'm crying. Oh no,
1: oh no, no!" But that's beautiful. It means that your instrument yeah. is getting more tuned. To it's emotion.
0: It's working. That's good. That's beautiful. Um, after Cinderella, Cinderella, Whitney didn't act in another movie for a decade. Mm-hmm. She seemed to kind of focus on music, but. Other people that know her life also know like she was going through struggles during that time too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then she her final film was the 20, 2012 movie Sparkle, which the remake. Jordan yeah, Sparks. The yes, remake the remake of her
1: of her of her childhood. Her favorite movie. Her yeah. Favorite movie. Yeah, it's so good.
0: Yeah. I yeah. think that's really cool that she got to do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, according to
1: documentary, talks about how that was like a, a light in her. Mm-hmm. Dark journey that she had gone in the past decade, but um, yeah. yeah, that it was important to her career, to her health, is mm-hmm. important to her, to her mental health too. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, and uh, you know the couple clips that I've seen from it, it looks it looks beautiful, like mm-hmm. it looks like it was an important
0: story. So it came, it would have come out a few years, I think. Oh, actually, six years after Dr- Dream Girl. So I wonder if that's why. It wasn't really on my radar, is because it just seemed like another version of Dream Girls, but mm-hmm. but stars a different cast, so I'm sure it's still worth watching.
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, to sum up Whitney's career, she's one of the most awarded female artists of all time. There, I think uh, her I think it's her her website or her biography says like she's won over four hundred awards. Which is crazy over like a 40-year crazy. career, and um, since her passing, there have been three films made about her life. So one of those was a documentary we saw, mm-hmm. and there is a fourth one on the way. Like, yeah, we can't get we can't get enough of her. Uh-uh.
1: No, people don't want to forget her. Like, like, like Mm-mm. we had
0: talked
1: about. Yeah, they don't want to forget her. <laughs>
0: Do you have any other thoughts on Whitney before we start talking about Rita Moreno? No,
1: no, no, no. I would love to start talking about Rita.
0: We can't forget Rita Moreno. I know a lot of people, it's like not a household name, but it should be because she is also incredibly talented, has had a very long career. Yes. Still ongoing career. Still ongoing. Yes. And she's won an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. Like she's clearly incredibly talented. Yeah. And and someone that more people should know about, and That's hopefully they'll learn about it from from us. Yeah, today.
1: <laughs> hopefully Rita Moreno.
0: Mm-hmm. So Rosa she was born in, in Puerto Rico. Yeah, <laughs> Rosa Dolores. Yeah, I was surprised that wasn't her her birth name. I I like I forget that Hollywood often makes people change their names to something more commercial. Oh but my
1: goodness, no, I didn't know that. Yeah. But I, she was born in I...
0: 1931. I don't think Hollywood made her change it. I think like she took the last name of her stepfather, and then I'm not sure why she went with Rita. Maybe it's like a nickname oh, for her first name. Oh,
1: it's because MGM asked her to when she ah, was doing okay. uh, "Singing in
0: the Rain." That makes sense because mm-hmm. they did that too. They did that to a few other actors. Well, um, I don't know if they
1: asked her to. They must have just told her to. But oh, they told. I just want to make that specific because I'm like, I don't know if they asked. Oh, my God, I'm never going to get a job now. <laughs> no, I you're, said you're that. probably
0: right that they told her, too, because yeah. there are other actor, actresses or act, female actors um, in, like, the 40s and 50s who they would make dye their hair and pretend there is, um, I forget her last name, but uh, she was, went by Rita and she was, I think, Latina. And they were like, why don't you dye your hair red and uh-huh. just look com- completely different? Yeah, yeah. Rita Hayworth, I think, oh. is who that was. Oh,
1: I see, I see. I mean, according mm-hmm. to, the, to the research that's out there, of course, we don't really know. She didn't, I don't think in any of the research that I did, she never said that. Except right. when she won her, one of her awards. She was like, Rita Moreno is thrilled. But Rosa Dolores, and her last point where she was from, like, she just said it yeah. like, really fast. I can't say it that fast. <laughs> um, Rosa Dolores is out of, you know, out of control. She's like, I'm so happy, you know. That's cool. I like that. So, so definitely, like, you know, she acknowledged her real name. Her roots. Yeah. Her roots, yeah.
0: Yeah. She was born in 1931 in Puerto Rico and moved to New York when she was five with her Your mother. mother yeah. mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. They were both, uh, you know, I, I some of the research that I did said that they were just um, trying to escape. You know the bad relationship that she was, that her mother was in, mm-hmm. uh, and you know that was. Uh, I'm, I'm sure, of course, also following the American dream, and right. be like, maybe I can have a better life with my daughter in
0: mm-hmm.
1: in the U.S.
0: And why not New York? Yeah, New York's the. I mean, we live in New York. Like, yeah, can't can't say anything Why about not? It. Why not? <laughs> Um, But she she also started her career pretty young. She was a Spanish language voice actor and was on Broadway by age 13, 13. which
1: which is incredible. Dancing since seven. Yeah. Like being trained by a dancer, a Spanish dancer in New York and then mm -hmm. started dancing. um, And her mother, since she was a a seamstress, she, she would have her mother's costumes you know like made by her mother nice yeah beautiful and um some of the also the, the information that i found is that she used to do weddings and bar, bar mitzvahs and all of these things oh. like as an entertainer so she was an entertainer from a very very young age which i think alludes to her long career like mm-hmm. you know if you start doing that since you're so young
0: i mean you become a pro yeah, yeah, and you understand how the industry operates. I think Eggs. when you start it younger, that is true. Mm-hmm. I think she learned that really fast,
1: because yeah. because of what you're going to say next.
0: <laughs> because she had to. Yeah, because she had to. Um, in, during the 1950s, she did start getting some roles in films, like you mentioned, "Singing in the Rain." Mm-hmm. She was also in "The King and I," mm-hmm. but it took a few more years until "West Side Story" came out in 1961, yeah. and she was cast. She was cast as Anita. One thing that blew my mind is I did not realize that they basically did brownface to her even though she was Latina. I I was like, "What why would you have to do that if you there's, cast There's no reason to, right? Yeah. It- <laughs> no. Yeah, except Hollywood yeah. And stereotypes."
1: Yeah, exactly. And and it was it's also interesting that she talks about West Side Story as being the highlight of her career and also uh Anita she talks about Anita the character as being her mm-hmm. role model because mm-hmm. she feels that before that she was so stereotyped and so put in a box that she played a lot of people that she didn't feel connected to because she always mm-hmm. had to play the girl with an accent the mm-hmm. uneducated uh girl that was in 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 um in love with the with the lead you know like mm-hmm. that just found him as as her safety you know like when we lean on they lean on on men to save (laughs) us you know Mm -hmm. and um I think that she played a lot of that until she found power confidence and strength in Anita that's Mm -hmm. what she, she some of the interviews that I saw she talks about Anita being her role model like it wasn't until she played Anita that she found who she you know who she could be or Mm-hmm. you know wanted to become that's a powerful thing like a character could give you healing and release in that way is fascinating to me
0: <laughs> she mm-hmm. was saying like like you said she was cast in very stereotypical roles before west side story yeah and then because west side story she won the oscar for best supporting actress you would assume then that more roles are open to things would
1: change it wasn't but like that. that
0: is nope <laughs> that isn't like nope. that and, and and her agents were still like, oh, yeah, here's another stereotypical Latina role. Yeah, with an have, accent. Have you don't fun. really know
1: English that much. And she, you know, I, I don't necessarily know if this is true, but people in Puerto Rico, and I, when I say I don't know if this is true, I don't know if everybody in Puerto Rico speaks English. But English is like part of the Puerto Rican culture. English and Spanish mm-hmm. is a little closer than at least. I'm just going to say this because I don't want to get into that, but if at least compared to my country my country is only spanish i feel Mm -hmm. like in certain other countries like puerto rico spanish and english is a little uh, less far apart in my country is very distant like you have to like get out of your way to learn it you know what i mean yeah (laughs) yeah
0: yeah i mean well puerto rico is a colony still i think it's they should part of the US. Hopefully there'll be a state soon, but so I guess in that sense it would make sense that it's more intertwined. It's more intertwined, yeah. The language at least. The culture. Yes. Which is
1: the language is part of the culture, so yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was a surprise. Like that would be really frustrating to have that experience and like feel feel a lot of power in this character and then get the same kind of like measly offerings that you had before. Mm-hmm that would that would really frustrate me
1: yeah me too
0: i mean she (laughs) right
1: now is helpful to be diverse but i i definitely wouldn't want to be like no do an accent please i'm like what right i use my own voice (laughs) (laughs) like my voice is fine you know you can tell the story it's not gonna the story's not gonna change because because i do an accent you know
0: right yeah
1: or not you know i don't know
0: (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Plus, we see movies where people are doing really bad accents. I don't know why we even ask for that anymore. Like, a lot of American actors doing really bad British or Scottish <laughs> accents. <laughs> like, let's just not ask for that.
1: Yeah. Or or so. at least not to put me in a box. You know? Right. I yeah. mean, if I'm going to do it to to change the story and develop the story and evolve the story, then yeah. But if I'm going to mm-hmm. If you're just doing that just because you want to put me in a box, and that's different, you know, that's mm-hmm. a totally yeah. different story. <laughs> <laughs>
0: she she did act in a few more films before 1968, but it does seem to be that the night of the following day with Marlon Brando helped kick off a few more movies for her. Yeah. Into the 70s. Yeah,
1: I, I want to say before before we go into more of yeah, her yeah. films, right after West Side Story, when she thought that her career might change or might you know mm-hmm. like she have might might have more roles she actually didn't so then she went to another country she went to London to uh, do theater and to do other films she was in the film Mm. called uh, She Loves Me Mm -hmm. and it's interesting to me that she had to completely like change or leave to continue building yeah yeah I mean being America America being the place where she can build anything even where you can build anything Mm -hmm. she had to go
0: to London to right. be able to yes. get
1: the roles that we she- let,
0: we pretend <laughs> we we pretend that the opportunities are endless here, but they're not.
1: Yeah, everybody has to do their own their own fight, right? Everyone, yeah. I think now it doesn't matter who you are; you gotta fight, anyways. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, although I do think it is harder for people of color and women of color. Oh yeah, now, and I can't imagine like in the '60s what what that was like oh my goodness if, if yeah. right
1: now in the tiff uh, uh panel panel that uh, yeah. these women were talking about how um diversity is being a woman if that's mm. what we're still talking about then mm-hmm. absolutely in the 60s i mean we're in 2020 yeah. and they still yeah when there's diversity, like diversity being a woman is diverse is being diverse mm-hmm. i'm like wait what
0: <laughs> yeah. Fifty percent not... of the population it's diversity.
1: Diversity. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. No 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 That that yeah. Yeah. When they said that yeah, I was it... shocked. So I could not believe that it was this was online on a film on a mm-hmm. film festival that was currently happening and they were saying this. It's like too much. I was like, no. <laughs> what world are we in? It leaving? is
0: but I feel like a lot of Women in the industry will be like, Yeah, it's weirdly true because you know, weirdly we're we're true. on set and it's still mostly men and like there's yeah nothing wrong with them per se, but when yeah. a set is like ninety percent men, you know, it Absolutely. the dynamic is different. That's true. Although mm-hmm. I do think that they should not say, Oh, we have a diverse
1: cast because we have women. No. Right. That's no. that no. <laughs> that's not where it ends that's not where it ends that's like that that's not even that's not even the beginning they haven't even gotten to the start line like come on you know yeah oh my goodness yeah like that's the bare minimum bare minimum and like worse than the bare minimum but yes
0: yeah yeah um rita still worked on broadway throughout the 60s and 70s -hmm. and she I recently watched all of Golden Girls and I didn't realize like, oh Rita's around Rita's on that. That's cool. That's beautiful,
1: right? Yeah. <laughs> hmm
0: like it's a great show.
1: And that oh yeah, and <laughs> then oh yeah, okay. I was like I was thinking, is that that's not her Emmy. Her Emmy is the Muppet Show.
0: Yeah, Muppet which I thought Muppet was interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, that me, her right? Emmy's
1: for the Muppet Show. Why wouldn't the Emmy be for the Golden Girls?
0: crazy I well my theory is always that award shows don't really like comedies okay I see. as much okay um, they do sometimes get awards but I think the comedy in general is not taken like seriously by right, by right, critics right. so yeah
1: although, so, uh, although the Muppet
0: shows for kids and mm-hmm.
1: although I, I would say that artsy. the Muppet show is
0: also kind of a comedy yeah but it's educational, <sighs> it's educational. So I think you're right yeah so yeah. I, I feel like <laughs> Critics might be like, so it's okay. Like, it changes
1: people. It (laughs) it educates the audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah.
0: (sighs) Um, Yeah, so her, her Emmy was won in 1977. Her Grammy was won a few years before that in 1972 for a different children's show, The Electric Company. So... Like two of her four are for like children's related shows. Yeah, she's interesting. She says that yeah. the Muppet show after the Muppet show, when she got offered the Electric
1: Company, she said yes with no doubt. She had had That's so nice. much fun in the Muppet show that she yeah was like, I'm doing this. Nice. And I think that it was because they had also offered
0: her to be a, a full time member of the cast, like a mm, yeah, like, like a, yeah. The Electric Company. She was like a yeah. she was a just a full cast member. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah
0: i think in the muppet show she was just i think it was just like one episode she was, that she was yeah a guest on. she
1: it was i don't know if it was just in one episode but she was just like the one of the entertainers in the in the yeah. in the story yeah <laughs> i don't think she was the one of the main characters
0: or right, one of, right. a full-time member of yeah like the guest celebrity yeah
1: exactly <laughs>
0: Oh no. know i um yeah her oscar as we mentioned was for west side story in 1961 and her tony was for her 1975 performance in the ritz just cool like that she gets three of her four awards in the 70s in a pretty close time frame
1: i'm telling you i feel like it's because in the 70s and the 80s wasn't there like a big shit like okay so something that the that the that these uh, black uh Female creators mentioned in the in this panel was that mm-hmm. in England, one of the one of the female uh, black female uh, creators is, is a, a director and producer in England. So she okay. said we had had our our like our push our big push yeah. after the riots in England, or after mm-hmm. the fighting, or after mm-hmm. the whole process that they went through, uh, uh, you know, to be able to be be free in who they were and how they looked. And I feel like. So you see, after the '60s, mm-hmm. then the '70s. Yeah. And, you know, you see what I mean, like
0: yeah. So like after Vietnam, and then into this more hippie or after, era. After the whole,
1: you know, after the whole. Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't.
0: I wouldn't and know. And when were the Black Panthers? Uh, That's what I was gonna say. Like after the whole. They were in segregation the late '60s too. And yeah. After mm-hmm. and all these
1: things, you know, kind mm-hmm. of like. Became, yeah,
0: the civil rights movement. It's not that they were
1: aware; they were not present. Still, mm-hmm. the the racism in, in general, and and all these things. But still, <laughs> it was a it, it was like right after. It was a moment of like light, maybe, mm-hmm. and that's why maybe she was also part of the of mm. that in some in some way. I don't even know if yeah. that's true, but it seems to like you. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I
0: think that's really interesting to think about because it would make sense. Because I feel like the 90s had kind of like a decline in that. And there wasn't I agree. a lot of social issues, I think, being on the forefront of people's minds then. Mm-hmm. And now, after yeah. there's like the last decade, we've had a lot of like social inequality protests and, and protests against racism in yeah. government. Yeah. So maybe that's helping there to be this new light now where we exactly. realize... We need more voices. Yeah. I think that's a great theory. I'll oh, my God. Watch, I don't even know. if To that. watch this panel. I, yeah.
1: Oh, my God. Definitely. Uh, yeah. I, I, I had already. I sent it to you. So if yeah. anything you have, have any questions you want to talk about it, I w- I'm so <laughs> open to because it is eye opening for this time specifically. Mm-hmm. And there's another panel uh, with all Cuban women. I'm like, oh, this that's is cool. So interesting. Mm-hmm. And the challenges that they overcome with... Immig- that they uh, went through with immigration. Oh, my goodness. It's like a world of social things <laughs> that the industry is also... like be, be, Wanting to be part of the industry brings mm-hmm. those things as soon as you are someone else from mm-hmm. somewhere else that speaks another language. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Film is supposed to... You know, it's supposed to be universal. We're mm-hmm. all supposed to be in there and see ourselves and change, you know, through mm-hmm. storytelling. It's yeah, crazy.
0: Yeah, I think it is interesting because I feel like we still hear stories now where people who are like our age, yeah, have very limited, had had very limited um, role models growing up on TV because it's it was mostly white people and white families, and so yeah. Like, that's I mean that for me that's what I grew up seeing so it was like oh well they look like me I'm I don't see anything else about that but now as an adult I'm like oh wow like that would have been a very different perspective had I not had that as a kid wow. and what I view is like accepted as normal you know mm-hmm. so yeah. I thought that was I was like wow it really Diversity is really important because representation, they say representation matters, and it does. It does. It does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, so Rita, Rita's life, right now she's currently acting on One Day at a Time on Netflix, which was on TV, I believe, and then was canceled, and then Netflix brought them back. Uh, yeah, I love Netflix for that. If you see a show is popular, there's clearly an audience for it. Yeah, exactly. Just keep making it. <laughs> Man, I don't understand. So I, yeah, I don't understand. Some shows
1: that yeah. they have to fight to get picked back up from some other yeah. network. It is insane to me that that is even a thing for some shows. I'm like, what?
0: They can't this start, show? And they'll start new, sh- they'll have like a show that has a solid four seasons that with like a real audience that's been built. And even if the audience is starting to dwindle, like the core is still there but then they'll have like a one or two seasons of some show that's garbage that they want people to like it's like why can't you just let us enjoy what we enjoy
1: <laughs> oh my god I, I wish I, they, like- I don't know if they do these things that they should ask us more we should tell yeah. them what we want to see yeah I don't know
0: <laughs> maybe it's also hard because there's less like Nielsen TV families there's we don't really watch as much cable because we can watch online, but still right. I feel like there's some sort of way to aggregate that data to see what's popular.
1: Absolutely. yeah, and what people are leaning towards, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so
0: one so one day at a time is one of those shows. and yeah, now on Netflix. Rita's also credited as an executive producer on the West Side Story remake that who knows when it will come now that there's a yeah. pandemic, but <laughs> but yeah. it's in the works. Um, She'll also be acting in it, but I'm not sure what her role will be.
1: I think she... I think they changed the role of, um, of, uh, Tony's, uh, mm, it's not her, his father is like the, the owner of the store. I think they changed it to female and made her the owner of the store. I think. I'm pretty sure because, well, I don't know. I have a couple of friends that were in it and, um, Mm -hmm. it's not that we have talked about it, but, um, I... I think that through them, I saw some pictures and she was there like in the store.
0: Oh, cool. I think
1: through them. I'm not yeah. pretty, really sure right now, but I think that's it. Yeah. That'd
0: mm-hmm. be cool. That'd be a nice role Yeah, because they changed so it a she female can... role and then it was mm-hmm. her. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, I like it too. <laughs> um, another thing I thought was interesting was how Rita and Whitney's like private lives were pretty tumultuous. Yeah,
1: That's true. Both of them yeah, oh, I think that's hard marriages <laughs> or relationships. Part, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: relationships for sure. And I w- think that's part of just like how Hollywood people in Hollywood have relationships. Like they seem very toxic.
1: Yeah, I mean a lot of pressure. I think. Um,
0: I I, I yeah. again
1: I I if we we actually can go back to the first thing we said in the in this whole podcast, which was mm-hmm. the pressure that the yeah. industry. Uh, um. <laughs> Puts on or you know on artists on mm-hmm. being this way or this other way and then not allowing them to be their true selves until they mm-hmm. break through that and then they're like producing their own things and have mm-hmm. to ask no one right but that takes a while so A long time, yeah. Through all of that, you have to struggle and, and do things that you don't want to do and say things that you don't want to say and look the way you don't want to look and mm-hmm. and speak a way you don't want to speak,
0: you know? Yeah, uh, and it's, inc- it's incredible. Be with who you don't want to be. Yeah. Because
1: <laughs> I think that that's also part of what is considered the appropriate couple for a female artist. And mm-hmm. I think both of them went through that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think more especially Whitney because... Of her, you know, there there's some suggestions that she wasn't really um, that she that she had had a relationship with a woman, and then mm-hmm. how that was also messing up her career, and she needed to be this, and you know, mm-hmm. be with the straightest men possible, and that was Bobby Brown. Like, <laughs> come on,
0: yeah, yeah. So yeah, but they both definitely. I think it's also possibly like career competition because you're in the entertainment industry and so is your partner. Mm -hmm. It's hard not to feel jealous when they get opportunities that you don't. Even though like you are on two different paths, it's still just like because the industry is so competitive, Mm -hmm. I I think it's hard not to feel like, why did you get that opportunity and I haven't gotten an opportunity as good or whatever the case may be. I'm a competitive person. I can't date anyone in the industry. I know that.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I, I still feel like I, I'm more like of a collaborative person. But mm-hmm. uh, and that doesn't really matter. But I, but I definitely am also an advocate for having my own experiences. Mm-hmm. My own. Yeah, building my own experiences, not being like, Oh, this is the, you know, the person of this other person. I'm like, what? Yeah. Why can I be my own person? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Which I think yeah, that yeah. that is a
0: huge thing. It is huge. We see it in tabloids all the time. That it's. I mean, I'm sure then it was even more prevalent. But even today, it's always like, who is this person married to? Yeah. Um, as if that's defining their life and career instead of like, they were in West Side Story. Or, oh know? my
1: goodness! Yeah, absolutely.
0: I agree. <laughs> what else do you have about Rita?
1: Yeah. So another thing that I think that was amazing about you know what we were just talking about when you have to just come up with your own stories and produce your own stuff, uh, Rita mm-hmm. actually created her one woman show, uh, Life Without Makeup, which is uh, uh, like her whole career um, in a musical show. So she has some some numbers from West Side Story, um, and uh, she speaks about it as a, you know as a as a also has an important moment in her career when she got the opportunity to play her own, uh, s- to tell her own story through mm-hmm. through this show. So I think that's also an important um, uh, um, show or an important moment in her career, like I said before.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was pretty recent too. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, I think... That's cool that she has reached a point where she's comfortable, like stepping out of what the typical Hollywood box is. Yeah, exactly. And and starting to do building her own. Her own
1: yeah, beautiful, and,
0: absolutely. And beautiful. produce and yeah, I think that's great. She also has
1: another documentary uh, that's uh, produced that I think that um, Lynn Manuel Miranda is co-producing with her, mm. um, and it's about her. It's about her life, and it's I think it's coming out on
0: American Masters soon Nice. I was thinking, like Still her, is... her life would be interesting for Dak. So absolutely, because that's to stay because tuned for. she has had,
1: had a whole arc. I mm-hmm. I used to
0: I I had a theater history course,
1: um, and my teacher was William Coco. And for people who know who he is, he's he's a, he's definitely like a very studious, uh obsessed with theater history uh person. Nice. And that's absolutely that's what you need because when class. you're obsessed, when you're obsessed. You get it, you get it mm. from like the true experiences. Um, so it's beautiful um, because he allowed himself to experiences to experience history uh, through going to like, um, let's say, uh, Bertolt Brecht's house, you know, <laughs> to see like the has become a museum's or something like that. And he always wow. talks about. I used to uh, ask him sometimes, why don't we talk about people? Or writers or playwrights specifically about mm-hmm. their stories or directors about their stories that are that are living right now, why don't we talk about mm-hmm. them and he used and he told me something really interesting that has me thinking I mean I think we could still talk about them, but it's it, it is interesting to think that it is hard to talk about a whole person's uh journey in the arts if mm-hmm. it's not complete. <laughs> Yeah. You know, you like if you you can see the arc of mm-hmm. of someone's um artistic uh experiences once it's, you know, it's finished from his first mm-hmm. work to his last work. It doesn't necessarily yeah. need to be that he's not living. It could be that he's not operating, like he's not creating mm-hmm. anything anymore, you know, but mm-hmm. also not living too because I think it's really hard to stop being an artist. <laughs> you have to be not yeah. alive to stop. So
0: Right, like Rita. Rita's had a full arc, but she is still going. But it's not but as she's though had a full arc. like the big things that ha- she has accomplished. I it's hard to imagine like what could possibly be bigger than winning an EGOT. You know? Yeah, I think that she definitely achieved all those, and then also I feel like
1: that takes the pressure off. You're like, oh, I already did these things. What else mm-hmm. can I? What? How can I continue telling stories? Without the pressure mm-hmm. of, oh, I want to do this. I wanna- Yeah, how can you I know, can stimulate be also myself that- as
0: an artist?
1: How can I stimulate myself? And I think she's done a really good job at, at doing that on her own. Created her own show and kept working, never stopped. You yeah. <laughs>
0: know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's great. Um, but, so I guess to summarize both of them, they are... Whitney and Rita are both incredibly talented singers dancers and actors who have won numerous awards and they have both had heartbreaking personal lives but I think it's their careers that they will be forever remembered for anyway exactly hmm
1: <laughs> yeah they will be
0: forever remembered
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah and I'll, I'll, I'm I'm excited to see like Rita's 87 right now but she is still like going strong in the yeah. industry so i'll be curious to see what she continues to do whether it's as an executive producer or actor or whatever
1: yeah yeah i'm so curious i mean i don't think like i said i think our artists don't stop ever mm-hmm. so she nope. won't stop always inspired and that's in <laughs> that that's that's a true inspiration to all of us that we don't need to stop we're gonna have long careers we have long lives, we're going to have long careers. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> and how can people find you online if they want to find you, know more about you, hire you? Yeah. So, so I'm on Instagram
1: as Clara R-U-T-T, which is my second name and last name. And um, I'm on Facebook Mm -hmm. as Clara uh, R-U-T Tristan. She's my middle name and my last name. And then, um, I I, I mean, I have a website. Uh, I'm on INDB Pro. My website is ClaraTristan.com. Tristan is Mm T-R-I-S-T-A-N. And, yeah, I'm on INDB Pro, and I have my stuff there. I'm also on Vimeo, and I have some of my stuff there, too. And it's just about, you know, can keep working and sharing and that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm so happy yeah. to have done this with you. It was such a pleasure. I'm happy, and I hope that we can, you know, um, do this again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> with some other I, artists. I forget what our I forget what our next topic was, but I know that we had another yeah one in mind. We had some other uh, amazing artists as
1: well uh, lined up. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that we definitely so. wanted to
1: talk about, but we wanted to start with Whitney and Rita because they were minorities and um mm-hmm. and it's an important moment right now for minorities
0: <laughs> yeah so, but they certainly overcame a lot in just to like have the careers that they did have absolutely
1: and it's inspiring it is I'm, I'm so inspired by them and also doing this research about them it gave me so much inspiration to continue
0: the fight you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you for joining me and I I will include like the links to your sites and stuff I'll put them in the show notes so so that people can click a link if they're interested too yeah I really look forward to our next one I think that one will be fun too (laughs) and really educational this one I learned a lot yeah me too I did I did I gave myself permission (laughs) to